All right. Welcome back to another Ambushed podcast. This is number 18. And this time, we're going to talk about, very briefly, one of the most famous sermons of all time, a recent road trip, and then how it all relates to all of us. All right? So, let's get it started. have to say that I, there was a moment I thought I might want to um, share about the name. So I call this ambushed for one reason, that my brain is the type of brain that's constantly going. I loved brand new ideas and I love to play with a thought and then to tweak it and roll with it. And so I often find myself surprised or caught off guard by a new thought. And so the hope is that this podcast, Ambushed, is one that helps you be ambushed with a brand new way of thinking that I also recently had. So, if you've been listening over the back few podcasts, this is number 18, um, you probably have noticed that I enjoy being a little provocative or to challenge thinking just a little bit. Um, I have this idea that Christian orthodoxy is way more dynamic, surprising, and playful than we tend to think it is. We are very much used to platitudes or bumper sticker statements or slogans on t-shirts that define how we think, and there's just no way that the world can be defined by those things, which is kind of a segue into this So recently, I was on a road trip down to South Carolina with two other people that are very insightful, very thoughtful people of faith. They're definitely um, two of the exemplary people that when you want to see what a Christian looks like, you should point at these two people. So it was a 12-hour ride down, 12-hour ride back a few days later, and we never once turned on the radio. So we had talks the whole time. Just delightful. But we came across this one thought and uh, we started asking about how should we relate to each other and, and to the world around us right now. And that was a really great conversation. And in the midst of it, my brain was reminded. I was brought back 
to something someone else said. This was a, a Catholic priest that I first heard this said. Jesus at one point gave what is known as the most infamous, famous sermon of all time. It has since been quoted and requoted and misquoted and misunderstood pretty much since the day it was said. So in the Gospel of Matthew, there's the Sermon on the Mount, which is very much concerned with making Jesus look like um, a successor in some sense to Moses, bringing a, a law, bringing a way of approaching life to people. And one of the things that he says in the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 7 is, do not judge lest you be judged. And this led into a really fascinating conversation about what is, what is the difference between judging and discerning? What is the difference between like the negative understanding of judge and the positive, you know? And maybe you have heard people talk past each other because when one side is trying to thoughtfully critique, the other side blames them for being judgmental when really they're just being thoughtful and critical thinkers. But there's another interpretation that really stood out to me. And this Catholic priest said, what if when Jesus said, do not judge, lest you be judged, he really meant, do not label, or else you will also be labeled. You see, you and I and everyone else, we love to throw a label on someone and think that that single word with as many syllables as it might have can succinctly and completely define a person. But that's one of the problems is that labels are not dynamic enough to encapsulate the fullness of a person's personality or opinions or perspective. What if Jesus meant don't label each other as rich or poor or a thief or auto mechanic? We love to define each other by what we do. Now, I probably should say that we need to to temper that. We can all have actions that might fall under those categories of being impatient or hateful or xenophobic when we're afraid of other people or vengeful or something else. I really think that to be someone who is vibrantly trying to live their faith out in the world, you have to come to a point where you do judge, you discern, you evaluate the actions of the people around you. But don't fall into the trap of calling someone according to one action that they might do. You see, I think that there's something to be said about labels. And labels are a ladder. 
And labels allow us to either put someone higher or lower on the ladder than we are. And that leaves us with an ability to find people to look up to as heroes or to find other people to put below us as villains. But the thing is, as we grow up, we start to realize the world is more gray than that. After a while, if we're honest, we find out that our heroes have got some stuff going on in the background and that our villains maybe sometimes did do some good things in their life. And that's really hard to reconcile because we love to put people on the far extremes of right or wrong or good or bad, like the old cowboy movies where the good cowboys wore white hats and the bad cowboys wore these black hats and it was obvious who the good guys and the bad guys were. But the thing is, when we throw labels on people and we put them higher or lower on the ladder than us, we're kind of making them into a caricature, into a cartoon that's easy for us to swallow, that's easier for us to deal with. It kind of reminds me of a story of a man named Zacchaeus who, if you know this, he was up in the tree and there's a crowd of people walking by and Jesus was in the midst of them. And he was a tax collector Maybe he looked down on other people. And I think there might be a metaphor in there. That Zacchaeus was putting himself above the crowd. He found himself up in a tree. Now here's the hard thing. That when we separate ourselves from others, and we put ourselves up in a tree or up in a ladder... That's not where God is. You feel me? If we put ourselves separate and above the crowd, that is not where Jesus chooses to walk and talk. And so I think that there's something to be said for the fact that if you earnestly want to experience the divine or the Trinity as we understand it, um, the dynamic flow or whatever that it is behind the universe that enables and empowers all things to live and to be and to thrive. If you fall into labeling, then your feet aren't on the ground. And if anything, I'm really inspired by the fact that Jesus chose to walk among the crowd. You see, labels tend to separate more than bring people together. They may bring people together if they both agree that someone over there is a racist. Or if someone over there is a thief. Or if someone over there is an enemy. But that's the wrong way to bring people together by excluding a third person. Communities are not built by two people agreeing to exclude a third or fourth or fifth person. There's a very powerful prayer where Jesus prays that we might be one. And I think that's a very important word. It means 
Well, if you go back to Hebrew, it's echad, to be one. And that means to be whole when we are together. Labels are very good at painting cartoons of the world. Like I said, they're easy to swallow. And maybe you have made labels of people where you've simplified that person, the totality of their being into just a cartoon that's easier for you to deal with, that's easier for you to look up to and idolize or to look down on and demonize. But man, that's not good. I have here um, a playful translation of this passage from Matthew 7. Let me read it for you. This is from Eugene Peterson. It says, don't pick on people. Don't jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly smear on your own. Do you really have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you? When your own face is distorted by contempt, it's this whole traveling roadshow mentality over and over again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe the ugly smear off your own face, and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. Man, that is so good, right? It continues, Don't be flipped with the sacred. Banter and silliness give no honor to God. Don't reduce holy mysteries to slogans. Oh, labels again right there. In trying to be relevant, you're only being cute and inviting sacrilege. Hmm. Here's a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and prophets, and this is what you get. Jesus is operating on another level here. And by operating on another level, he's cutting to the heart in this famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, about how you and I love to relate to other people. We love labels because we love judging, because when we put people below us on the ladder, it gives us a, a fix or a gentle high, uh, a moment where we can get addicted to knowing that someone is a worse person than we are. And then on the flip side, it also gives us um, a fix or another gentle high to say that my hero is higher up on the ladder than your hero. Well, that's just foolish. Putting people up and putting people down through labels. To judge for the sake of separating people is not helpful and doesn't build community. It's probably the furthest thing from what God meant when he prayed that they might be one. But to judge and discern whether or not someone else's actions 
are helpful or not, that's better than creating a cartoon of that person. But by and large, there's one thing that's way better, completely and absolutely without question, way better than thinking critically about someone else's actions. And that's to think critically about our own. So in a moment, when you find yourself getting a gentle fix, uh, a little high, or um, a moment where you feel inordinately proud of the fact that someone else has made mistakes, or that your hero is better than someone else's hero, you might want to take a step back. And remember this famous sermon that says, do not judge, do not label. Because if you were to say anything, there's really only one label that matters. You and I might call someone else, oh man, black or white or male or female or straight or gay or Muslim or Jewish or Buddhist or Christian or atheist, agnostic. We could throw all of those labels out there. But there's one thing that as I understand it, the Christian gospel does, is it wipes off all of those labels and replaces all of them with one label is far bigger than all of them. You know what it is? You know what I'm going to say? Neighbor. If you are going to label anyone around you, label them your neighbor. The person next to you, who lives beside you, who drinks the same water, breathes the same air, sleeps on the same earth, and enjoys the same sunrise. And then remember that the greatest two commandments are love God and love your neighbor. If, if you are going to label anyone, call them your neighbor. Because like Zacchaeus, he eventually came down out of the tree. He was no longer in his ladder. And then he starts to walk among the crowd where Jesus is, where God walks. And then he learns that the crowds are his neighbor. And then he goes back and he pays everyone back fourfold from what he originally stole from the crowd. Be like Zacchaeus, get down out of your tree, stand among the crowd, and if you are going to label anything, anyone anything, label them as your neighbor. And if you're going to judge anyone, judge by means of discerning your own actions about whether or not your actions are good and lovely and true and beautiful. Because there is no greater label 
and that of neighbor. It's kind of a heavy thing, especially in today's day and age where we are starting to recognize the need for global Christianity. It's fascinating because Christianity is is really, in some sense, the offspring of a small desert tribal religion where people were very concerned with just their own families and then the families grew into nation and nation larger and larger and now we're at the cusp of learning what it means to have a global and not a tribal Christianity. What does it mean for humanity to live alongside each other in peace and harmony and self-giving love and sacrifice and duty, honor and mercy justice man that's something worth fighting for so that's all for now catch you next time peace love mercy blessings goodness be to all of you all right catch you next time bye